Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello and Welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, we got Jameson, we got Ty, and we have a lot of crudin to talk about. Uh, Champion Barbecue just dropped this past weekend, and it was uh, surprising to say the least, honestly. Um, and Jameson, I, we, Jam- all, both of us have watched this whole weekend um, how, how crazy it was. Uh, we've seen a lot of really cool stuff out of OU in the past, but... This was this was special, Jameson. Tell me, tell me a little bit about a little bit about what we saw. Yeah, this was the biggest weekend when it comes down to high end four or five star recruits. How many of they were, and all at the same time, and pulling it off, and not a bad thing was said so far. We'll talk more about the recruiting aspect of if we made any gains with big time players and commits like Gavin Sawchuk and other cryptic tweets from Lincoln Riley. But let's first talk about. Honestly, the the cars might be so cool, first of all, but do you all understand the beef that comes behind this and kind of that play that they did at Texas? Texas yep. putting it in their edit of these line of cars, and OU's like, all right, we're just going to get real cars ourselves and line them up in our end zone on the football field. It's it's hilarious. It's like we got yeah. them for real. T- Ty, I, I know you have a – I'm sure you have a good take about the cars. Yeah, no, I thought um, I actually wasn't. I remember the Texas thing now that Jameson mentioned it. But when I saw the cars, I thought it was OU, you know, being super, super cheeky, basically, with what we know. And I I don't want to jump ahead. I know we're going to get into this later. But what we know with where college football is going, especially in terms of players being able to, to, you know, make some money in some different ways. Uh, and these recruits, you know, that are visiting are, are some that maybe can potentially, you know, benefit from that. And I thought it was kind of a maybe a cheeky thing, you know, come here and, and you know, this could be uh, this could be your car if you make probably really terrible financial decisions <laughs> and spend all your money on a car. But uh, I thought hey. that's, I thought that was the uh, I thought that was the move there. And I really enjoyed it. Um, hey. as well, especially when you got the, the NFL dudes who, uh, you know, that's a common thing for the, for the barbecue as well. But yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I gotta say nothing, uh, you know, nothing says you can't, you know, write off a, you know, Lamborghini as a education benefit, you know, yeah. that, that counts. I'm sure. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. the SCOTUS ruling a little bit more later, but for me, like the biggest champion is always cool you always have the you know great setup and everything the cars were awesome but for me what really set it apart were the amount of alumni that showed up i mean just absolutely baffling the the roster of guys we had um adrian peterson uh obviously a huge get you got kyler um you got sam bradford who came out of nowhere 
which is just wild to see him back on campus, which is just crazy. Uh, Trent Williams, obviously as well. It is just, you go down the list. How did OU manage to get all of these guys to come back? Jameson. It's, it's huge because at all these big time events for recruiting, we always seem to have like a group of guys that just come through and it shows you how much like these athletes still care about OU. You see it with Lane Johnson. He's always tweeting about it. Whenever Adrian Peterson picks himself up, I understand, you know, he lives pretty close and comes to Oklahoma. Sam Bradford actually does something for once. I heard Jason White could not attend because he probably was coaching his uh, son's <laughs> basketball league again or something like that. But even if Jason White showed up, they'd be like, who is this dude? <laughs> like, yeah, the only, only local Oklahoma. This is the guy from the <laughs> commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Doug Plumbing and Roof Detail. Well, no, 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 that's a different one. He's, uh, <laughs> that's oh, no. Al that's the that's, that's, uh, that's the WLS one. He's uh um oh Air Comfort, Air Comfort? Solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, He'd yeah. Wear an Air Comfort shirt if he ever showed up. Oh my god! I mean, definitely. It's probably out there recruiting. You know, like hey, you know, you make make some money right now. You know, you don't 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 have to go uh, go go to college at all. I'll I'll put you to work. Yeah. But um, you got to flex I'm, on the row of cars. You have these Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and then you have an Air Comfort Solutions van right next. <laughs> <laughs> you too can earn, can own the best air air conditioning company in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. You see, hey, you want to come through and win a Heisman as a quarterback? This is your future. You see this right <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying Lamborghinis are temporary, but Air, Air, Air Comfort Solutions, that's forever, man. Dude's got billboards up in Tulsa. But I, 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 I think it's just such an incredible flex for you to do that. And, you know, uh, especially with Lane Johnson and Trent Williams, when, when you have beaten Bo as well, and then you have the two highest paid tackles, uh, highest paid left and highest paid right tackle on the field with you, that's, a, it's, that's just invaluable. And, you know, what it kind of made me think – what it kind of made me think of Ty is like, if you have Nick Saban come to your living room, you know that's obviously a, a a deal breaker. But if you can like get this whole group of players who have had success in the NFL, um, who have you know you know testimonials, I think that's almost just as good. Uh, probably not better, but it's I, I I think this is one of the only places I've ever seen. I've never seen a, another college football team do it quite like this, where you have them all come out like this. So Ty, like, yeah, yeah, there's if, always been something, you know, that I've always touched on with the, obviously I'm the least knowledgeable with uh, recruiting, but I always talk about how I enjoy that. OU has cultivated, you know, particularly through the longevity of our, our coaches and our staffs as a whole, we really don't turn over even assistance really that much. Um, especially for as big of a, a school as we are uh, and that family atmosphere and that family environment uh, that you really can see carries through um, with, you know, OU players, especially recent OU players, which I think really helps the, uh, you know, the recruiting um, to have, you know, younger guys out there that have recently, you know, lived, uh, you know, that experience that can kind of, pass that on to other guys. So I, I think, I think that's really cool. And I think it's cool. Like you said, I'm sure there are other schools that have a ton of people uh, that come, but it's, it seems like, you know, OU doesn't really even have to ask them uh, with a lot of them. It really seems like they want to come and, and, you know, they're still part of that family, even when they leave, which I think is something that the recruits really pick up on. Yeah. And I, I, it did look genuine. I mean, you have guys like Adrian Peterson who have played in the league for so long and could just 
blow this sort of thing off, but he looked like he was having a blast out there talking to kids. Everyone, everyone just looked like they're having a really good time genuinely. And, you know, it, it really speaks to, um, you know, the, the growth of this event over the years. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure they just had tons of recruiting budget just built up over the past uh, year where they couldn't, you know, have anyone on campus, you know, they had to freeze out. So maybe this might've been a special case, but um, I gotta say impressive setup. Uh, some of the barbecue itself looked great. Luckily they didn't put Lincoln on the smoker, had to make that joke. Um, but just, just truly impressive stuff out of, out of, OU did you Lincoln see Riley. the tomahawk wagyus that they had lined up? How many wagyu tomahawk steaks did they make? My God, this was a huge money flex. And one thing we talk about, okay, you make, you make a point with, you know, they show the Lamborghinis, the Ferraris, all this stuff. And you said like, oh, maybe you could have one. What I'm thinking of is you come to OU, we've got money. We've got oil money where we can give you Wagyu steak. You see our facilities, which are top notch, top three in the United States of all the colleges, you know, up there with like likes of Oregon and stuff like that, who have got Nike in their back pocket. And also we can like feed you like that. They show that once we get to this, you know, athletes getting paid, there's plenty of money in Oklahoma and there's nothing to worry about there. Yeah. Because I think there's this kind of this notion that because, you know, Texas is our main rival that we don't have as much money as them and we don't, but it's not like some sort of massive gap. We, we, like you said, we can have Wagyu tomahawk ribeyes engrave the OU DNA on the bone. And, you know, I mean, we, this is a, a rich program and Hey, the best part of it all, us versus Texas, you get the benefits and we'll actually get to actually win a little bit. Yeah, yeah. the hardest part about um, the, the OU Texas thing is just we don't have the big city, you know, and yeah. some kids just like living in the big city. Fair, fair enough. Ty, what were you going to say there? I, no, I, I was going to say real quick, I, I don't want to continue to dive deeper, you know, into that, but I um, I think I, I think with almost 100% certainty, paying players is going to benefit Texas and USC more than anyone else. Like they have been struggling to get back, you know, for years. Uh, and that's finally going to, it's going to be terrible for small schools. I think like recruiting wise, it's just going to kill, uh, you know, smaller like Baylor and, and TCU schools that like Boat and Blake is affiliated with are really going to suffer. Uh, and then big markets, you know, you're going to get a big market, small market situation. So I think the disparity is really, going to get even worse but yeah it's it's a godsend for texas i think yeah yeah for sure i think i think it really will help them a bit depending on how they set it up and that's a perfect segue actually into our next topic uh supreme court of the united states uh not just ruled in favor of completely uh swept uh this ncaa deal um completely out 9-0 decision uh with some particularly uh scathing remarks from uh from uh, kavanaugh I'm not going to act like I'm some sort of genius on uh, the Supreme Court or anything, but um, it seemed pretty definitively against the model of um, amateurism. Uh, I believe some of the quotes were, uh, you, you can't have, like, you can't underpay restaurant people because, you know, they, they, the, the, the passion of uh, them, them serving is, uh, it adds to the experience. Uh, and if you just read the whole thing, it's, it, it's really the first punch to what is eventually going to be a knockout punch for the NCAA and amateurism. And I, I would, I really am interested to see where it goes. I kind of think there's a way to kind of cap it a bit. 
where everyone gets to pay the you know the same amount. I don't know if there's a way to do that properly. Um, Ty, so so yeah, so that's yeah. You're 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 concerned about a Texas maybe really taking the lead here and just running over all these small schools. What would you do no, to not. kind of fix it? Oh, really? I'm not, I'm not a. You guys know I'm a hater of the small schools. You know, <laughs> there you go. I just want blue chips. Like we don't need to expand the playoffs. Keep the blue chip teams. That's all we need. That's all I care about watching. Dismantle the Big Twelve. Give me a Super yeah. League. Um, no, I like having you know the big teams and and the league, and then they're like smaller teams to beat up on before they meet in the postseason. But uh, the the Supreme Court ruling, I think it's important to understand. Uh, this specific one was about uh, education-related benefits uh, specifically, so I don't think it really got into. Uh, and I might be completely off here, but I I don't think it really touched on uh, like pay for likeness and then and then just paying for play. I think it had more to do with um, you know some of the more restrictive um, NCAA rules because uh, you know the the rules that they had were, were very very. So I think the Supreme Court. Uh, their decision was sort of narrow, but they knew that it had a wider scope. And that's where you get those those uh, additional comments from some of the justices saying, you know, the whole system is messed up. That's not specifically what their ruling was about. Uh, but I think it definitely, you know, we could probably have Boat and Blake on to, to do a deep dive into this. Might be a neat segment for him. Uh, but it's it's definitely going to be used as a benchmark, you know, and, and it's it's another domino that is has fallen for sure. Yeah, uh, and it's it's huge, but yeah, yeah, no, ab- absolutely, and you know, it, it is about like, for example, before the ruling, and probably before the ruling, you couldn't go buy, you know, uh, if you're a coach, you can't buy, you know, your quarterback a laptop because he doesn't have a laptop, he needs it to, you know, for school because that would be improper. But um, that lawsuit rules that no, it's it's totally okay for uh, you to fund that sort of deal. Jameson, your thoughts on the whole thing and uh, what it means for you know, recruiting, what it means for college sports as a whole. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I understand that it isn't exactly what we were looking for, for the breakthrough of the whole, like athletes are paid and we're good now. This is just the first step. And I, when I first saw this and I first read through it, I thought of it more as like, you know, I feel like a lot of times with courts and cases, um, as soon as one ruling happens, you can use this ruling, this unanimous ruling from the Supreme Court to help jumpstart into other things that they're going to open up in the future. They saw that this got passed and therefore it's going to expedite and more likely pass other stuff. Um, so, yeah, with that and then, you know, the quotes, like you said, like saying like the NCAA is not above the law. You can obviously see that the state of people have very much moved away um, from the anti-paying college athletes because, you know, not too long ago, I remember, you know, maybe like five, 10 years ago, we had conversations and it was a, you know, close argument of like, should we pay college athletes or not? Is it feasible? You know, with title nine and everything, if it were, like you were saying, if it's an equal thing, how can we pay the women's rowing team the same as the college football team? And do we have enough money in the budget to do that? And will it be equal across all platforms? Obviously, we found different ways to do that nowadays, but it's changed a lot because, you know, I, if you talk to 90, 95% of people in common, you know, your common Joe or Jill on the, on the, on the street, they would be in favor of paying the college athlete. Yeah. And, and the, the likeness thing, I, I think the likeness thing is, is the avenue. And that was one of the things I think that a lot of the editorials on the Supreme Court's decision uh, touched on, especially when you when you touch on the Title IX, is that most female athletes, you know, they their peak is 
is college. Um, and the door is open for them, you know, to be making those uh, marketing deals or, or merchandising deals or, or whatever else um, in that, in that sort of window. And I, I think that's a, a really solid thing. I had something else that was more profound that I was going to say. I, I will say just like Jocelyn, Jocelyn Allo would be like making bank during that world series yeah. run. If she could like, if you could sell a Jocelyn Allo Jersey or, you know, just even shirts like with her name on it. Oh my gosh. That'd yeah. be so much money. To, that'd be so yeah. helpful. I think what we're going to see is that it's ultimately not going to be decided in, in the courts, right? Cause it's not, you know, it's, it's not a, a legal thing. You know, the Supreme court made their decision and, and had their ruling on education benefits specifically. Um, and then, you know, we understand that California went out of its way, uh, you know, to have their ruling. But I think at this point uh, with those two sort of big dominoes falling, um, you know, it, things are going to have to change. People are going to see, you know, it, it could be solved in the courts, but like the NCAA is going to look at it and go, okay, this is going to happen either way. We need to get on top of this now, uh, you know, so that we come out on the right side because they're going to look out for their own best interests, you know, like they always have been. Yeah, that's true. Evolve or die essentially because, yeah. you know, that's that's how it is. Um, I, I mean, you can go back. The NCAA has been rigid forever and it it takes a lawsuit like this to really break it open. Um, take a look at TV yeah. deals or the TV deals in like the 80s, uh, the OU versus OU in Georgia versus the uh, NCAA case uh, that allowed, you know, schools and conferences to negotiate them on their own. Uh, it, it changed the game. And, you know, uh, nowadays you couldn't even think about, you know, having to watch one game at a certain time slot every week. That would yeah. be insane. So this is going to be just uh, a groundbreaking thing. But it's not like the it's not completely over. You can't, you know, you can't give Spencer Radler, you know, uh, a, a couple couple milli because you want to. So, you know, yeah, there, there's well, still I mean, a long way to go. There, what, I, I they, I, there probably is a little bit of that on the side. Not a couple milli, I tell you that much. But you I, know. I don't know that we'll ever see salaries necessarily. Uh, I could I could definitely see some sort of profit sharing thing being worked out, especially for you know, like title nine stuff specifically, but I, I think likeness really is the, uh, the future, which makes sense. Right. Cause if you, if you're an art student in college, no one is saying you can't go sell your artwork on Etsy because you're still in university or like, if you're a business student, like, you know, no one's like telling like Mark Zuckerberg, he can't be designing Facebook in his dorm room because he's an amateur and he's learning at that moment. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's how I think about it. And it's, likeness really is the uh, the future yeah i mean if, if you're out here playing the violin you can't play in public or else you're gonna ruin all the the spirit of amateurism so yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, i, I think that the big thing here i that we really just understate is i really think that we've been slowly moving but some there's going to be a big spike sooner or later and things are going to go fast because there's going to get towards a time where the power five and, you know, the big conferences could be like, I'm done NCA. I have no you know obligation to stay with y'all. And we've already talked about just completely just going off and doing our own little super conference of where we keep all power five. And we're just, we don't need NCA anymore because we have the power. You've seen it in the NBA and you see with the NFL, uh, you see player empowerment, you know, the, the athletes are realizing that if they aren't being played, if they aren't being used, um, they can use that as leverage. And so you see all these big time stars leaving requesting trades, you know, it's going to trickle down to the college athletes. It's going to be re realized like 
Y'all don't have anything without us, so we can leave, start our whole new thing. There's plenty of TV deals that will be happy to take us and give us plenty of money, and we can do exactly how we want to do it. Yeah, and I, I've kind of made a joke about it earlier, but if they did find a way to do some sort of weird college football super league that was played out over a season, you can't tell me they wouldn't split off. They would make so much money off of that. It would be spectacular. I, I, I just think we're at a point in college college sports and college football, especially um, as since we've since we've met, actually, they've. Uh, gone and you know halfway approved a new uh, college football playoff proposal for God's sake, which uh we could kind of touch on a little bit here if y'all want. Um, twelve teams, you know. Uh, what do y'all think, Ty? Uh, yeah, I'll keep it quick. I'm not a fan necessarily of the twelve team um, expansion just because we haven't seen a reason for it yet. Right? Like it's I understand expanding to a number where everyone that comes in is realistically competitive, but I think you can go back. I think, you know, and somebody might burn me here on, on something ridiculous. I think you can go back 30, 40, maybe even 50 years. uh, And I don't think there's a number 12 team that is competitive against a a top team in college football in any time. Reese, I know in the last 20 years, there's not a number 12 team uh, that is a national championship team like this just doesn't make sense so i don't understand i understand from a business point of view you know maybe the fans and like viewership but i there's not a need uh you know really to expand to to 12 i don't think fair and i I think i've always thought 12 was too too many but i think the biggest thing for them is adding more hyper meaningful game where you know even though like yeah, you're right. 12 probably won't win a national championship. They can still move on in advance. Um, and more than anything, thinking outside of the playoff, it makes every single college uh, football game incredibly meaningful because, I mean, you could you could have a pretty mediocre year and still make a random run and kind of and, and get your way into that playoff. You know, that every team, you know, if you lose two games and are not Oklahoma, Ohio State, or Alabama, or Clemson, you could still be in the running to make the playoffs. That's the issue is because that only helps the big teams, right? Because if you're – because, like, looking at last season's postseason rankings, like uh, number 12 was Coastal. And then, you know, you had Indiana, Iowa State. I understand these are kind of muddled by the bowl games too. But, like, having where you can reliably get in with two, maybe even three losses is only going to benefit the big names. You know, like if you're Coastal Carolina and you're coming into the selection committee and you have two losses, like that's not that's no bueno even with twelve. I don't think. Yeah, I think I'm, not, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest fan of it either. Um, I think that getting away to get a non-power five bid somehow in there is positive if we're going to expand. But like you said, um, you know, the big time teams, you know. Even if they lose a game, they've been getting into the playoffs pretty, you know, routinely here. And the teams that deserve to get in have been getting in. You know, uh, it's – I don't know how much this changes it. It just gives the extra – the big teams an extra game. And um, I just think that it needs to be more focused on, you know, conference championships, getting automatic bids as in like, you know, it is in college basketball – and then getting these non-Power 5 somehow a route to get in because it is 
unattainable right now. And it'd be really fun to see them get a chance. Um, This is not like basketball, though, because in basketball, an upset is extremely easy to happen because it's a very variable sport. So many different possessions in football upsets don't happen that much. And that's why there's such a big deal whenever they happen on Saturdays. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I I don't know. I I, for one, love the idea. I think the thing that's pushing me through on it is I love the idea of playing playoff games at home and away sites. And I, my biggest problem with it is the fact that if you have a top four spot, you don't get a home game, which is, I think, just so stupid. I, no, nobody wants to go to more neutral site games. Nobody wants to watch more neutral site games. It, it, it's a non, non-starter. Um, I think, I think for me, I think that would be just really cool for the sport, really cool to see. And I think that's some of the element that would kind of keep it going a little bit, but in, in general, in terms of, can you win a national championship at a, as a 12 spot? I, I really don't believe it. I don't believe that underdogs are really a thing, but you know what? I would much rather watch, you know, a, a 12 seat, pardon me, a 12 seated like coastal Carolina, you know, play a meaningful game of football that they could possibly advance. They go play in the uh, Meineke car care bowl or whatever, you know, uh, I mean, just look at what happened to coastal this year. They, they went out and played Liberty. They didn't even care about Liberty. That was mm-hmm. like, they, they were, they were, they had already had their, their bowl game was that BYU game. That was their chance to really like break in and do something crazy. And it, it, it just, when you lose that, that when you lose the meaning, I think you lose a little bit, a little bit of steam out of the sport. And I think adding more games that matter, it's just a more but, fun product. But yeah. I, I think now that I think of it, I think there's two important things. I feel like expanding it and allowing more room for losses for the big teams is going to hopefully inspire more marquee matchups in the regular season, you know, because then you don't have to worry as much. You know, say you're a top five team, schedule another top five team week one could still kind of be significant in in the, um, you know, the selection if you lose that one at the start of the season. But I think now with 12 teams, it it means a little bit, you know, you might have a little less risk of really trying to do a big matchup at the start of the season, which would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, To see more of those. And then I think the second take is it's going to be really funny, but I think there's going to be a lot of people that are having not ironic at all takes that the 12 team playoff should just be the entire sec and everyone else should have to sit out. No, what I, what I can't wait for with the sec is, is the time where Alabama or Georgia ends up like uh, at a 12 seed and has to go play at camp Randall in Wisconsin in the cold. That is what I want to see. Imagine Georgia having to go, go to Nippert stadium in Cincinnati, but yeah. Anyways, Ty, I know you got to get out of here. Uh, any final thoughts before you leave? Uh, Nope, I think uh, I think we kind of kind of covered it. So I'll be looking forward to listening to the rest of this uh, in the car tomorrow. But thanks for having me, guys. Cool, absolutely. Sorry if I'm kicking you out, but you know I know I knew you had a time yeah, crunch. I got stuff to do. Awesome. Catch yeah. you on Ty. Thanks for coming on. All right, Jameson. Just you and me. It's time for Crude and Corner time. Tell us what happened at the Champion Barbecue. Some of the big names that came through. Uh, some of the some of the pluses, the minuses, and you know, hey, looks like we got a couple commits. Yeah, there is a lot right now to talk about, and we cannot hit everything. So let's just try to hit the big things. Let's first talk about, you know, Gavin Sawchuk is obviously the big thing that hit, but we've known he's been a strong OU lean for a while now. He's was supposed to take a Notre Dame visit this coming weekend. 
and he canceled it. it. looks like he's shutting it down, has a great relationship with DeMarco Murray, one of the best running backs in the nation. Here we go again, and we have a big-time um, running back room. Hopefully we hold on to it. we got Relique Brown and him as well. Um, we still have one more running back spot for hopeful Javante Barnes from Las Vegas. So, yeah, this is huge. This running back room, even though we've been getting transfers, you know, um, we got getting Bradford from LSU and stuff like that, you know, we need – running backs and coming through high school because we have been barren recently every time we get close you know alabama just snags them away last minute mm-hmm. yeah you know, it, i think that Sawchuck's different i'll say this i don't think that he's going to be like a jace mcclellan um I, I feel like he's pretty solid to us f- fair enough i I've, I've just been hurt before you know it's it's like the geico commercial with the guy with the little dollar bill on the end of the fishing yeah. rod every time we get close nick Saban just pulls him away so yeah but i, but the I agree real, the real team is really to be scared of is usc with relique brown relique brown's got a little kid that he just had and you know usc um they're pushing pretty hard and recruiting this cycle and they feel like hey you're you're from california why are you going all the way to oklahoma you know, Oklahoma, where it's just the airport isn't even a main hub over there. Even the Norman isn't even close to Oklahoma City. They're going to say that, but which is complete BS. And then like, you can barely even see your kid. You're not going to even be a part of your kid's life for the next three years if you go to Oklahoma. And they're going to pull that. And I know they will. Jeez, Clay, Clay Helton just trying to do whatever he can to survive. <laughs> it's a tough go out here. First, he has a really tough photo of USC posted for his birthday. Now they're, uh, now they're, so he's like, you know what? I'm mad. I'm going to start feeding lies to this poor guy and his kid. I mean, I would be, I mean, I guarantee negative recruiting is huge. You have to do it. You know, Especially we always think that OU, yeah, and we think that OU is some white knight that they never do. Of course we did. We just put on the cars on the, on the end zone. And that's, I understand that's just sass. You know, that's not talking mad game to some other recruit, some manipulating some 17-year-old. But it's you have to do it because it's it's competitive and you've got to play your edges. Absolutely. You you do whatever you can to survive. That's what Switzer did. You know, he, he was out here digging through garbage cans, trying to mm-hmm. see what type of beer, uh, you know, whatever recruits dad liked. You know, that. so, I mean, obviously don't go too far, but negative recruiting, it's it's a part of the game. That's that's a fair part of the game. It's literally in the game in NCAA 14, I believe. Yeah. You can, you can talk down on other schools. So let's not act like we're... Yeah, uh, let's let's throw the morals out. We're Oklahoma recruiting. Let's not act like some sort of. Uh, I mean, we're, as long as we're not bagmanning like uh, some other SEC schools. LSU, oh, we bagman. Uh, maybe a we little. Not Mc, we just not McDonald bagmanning. Yeah, it's 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 like a sneaky bag, you know. But you know that OU compliance, they're they're hard to get through. So, yeah, I I think so. Uh, I know I'll get a little bit more to the barbecue, but I want to hit on this with recruiting because this is big because USC is going to be like a team that's going to be stealing recruits from us this year. I'm really scared about the biggest uh, recruit and the best recruit in Oklahoma, Gentry Williams, DB out of Tulsa. DBs from Tulsa is a thing that we do not like to hear as OU fans because we've been losing them for Josh Proctor, you know, Daxon Hill, et cetera, you know. This guy has got a lot of new crystal balls to USC. And whenever we thought he's been an OU lock for like a couple years now, even since he was a freshman and sophomore in high school. And it's, it's starting to think that maybe he would like to be under the bright lights in Los Angeles. You know, I'm sure, like we said earlier this episode, you know, USC's got LA in their back pocket, you know, name and likeness. That's going to be a huge thing there. And, um, 
like I just said, Tulsa and DBs, like Tulsa, I don't know how OU is viewed in Tulsa. It It's a very weird thing that I don't understand. And I know we've, we've seen some people from Tulsa who cover OU talk about it, about the negative view of OU in Tulsa. Like, I don't get it. I, I was it just we passed up on a guy one time and there, there there's just been a long-standing bitterness is is do they not have pike passes and can't make their way down to norman enough i i i don't understand do we need to play more games at skelly stadium i would play more games at skelly stadium yeah for sure and i i think that you know it is just like a culture of like they don't respect us up in tulsa you know and they don't take care of you know their oklahoma kids they they wait to give us an offer and they are recruiting Texas too hard. But the thing is with whenever you're recruiting Oklahoma, you know, you're going to get late to a couple guys because as soon as you offer an in-state kid from Oklahoma, whenever you're Oklahoma, like Oklahoma, you know, university of Oklahoma, you have to just completely just nail that down as they're coming because, you know, Texas can offer all these Texas kids, but there's so many other schools in Texas that they're not worrying about like, you know, like, Every single kid I offer is probably going to come to us because obviously it's not like that. But with Oklahoma, you know, if you give them a committable offer, that, that's a spot. And you've got to be very careful and make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's on all these kids. For example, Chris McClellan is a huge, huge name defensive lineman who's just grown and just gotten really big, um, transferred to Owasso. And he is one of the best D linemen in the country, and his rating just keeps popping up on every single recruiting service. He was in U- at USC with Gentry Williams. Looks like they're good friends, and you know, it looks like that we're going to have some trouble getting him too. Uh, guys in our backyard in Oklahoma this year is not an easy cakewalk at all. Yeah, no, and and I mean that's that just comes with the territory of Tulsa get like being as good as it is. You know, Jinx and Union have always been fantastic. Um, so yeah, the vultures are going to come and it's a little, I mean, it, it, I think we talk about Tulsa a lot because let's be real. Uh, the East has dominated the state of Oklahoma for years uh, in six, a football. The reason why it's Tulsa is because they have better players out there. Just flat out for the most part. That being said, whenever uh, we get guys from central Oklahoma, they turn out pretty good. Just ask, yeah. uh, Creed, ask Sterling Shepard, ask Creed Humphrey. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I think that's really, you know, we can talk all day about recruiting. We haven't really hit that much, but let's just hit a little bit with barbecue. I'm just going to run through this long list and just a couple of the players that I think are just noteworthy just to take a note on. And I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep going. Just, um, you know, I mentioned Javante Barnes. He was there, the running back from Las Vegas. Um, he was at the recruit was, um, recruitment visit with Sawchuck. And um, with Berlique Brown, all three running backs were there together, and they are completely down to play together. There's been made um, connections of like Joe Mixon, Samaje P. Ryan with him, um, you know, that kind of combo. Uh, so it looks like they're all cool, ready to go. Um, so we'll just keep a really close eye on Javante Barnes, but it looks like he is favoring us. The best offensive lineman in the country was there, Devon Campbell. Um, he's a Texas kid. I think he's Arlington. And um, all of our NFL guys are hounding on him hard. And it uh, looks like he's still probably a Texas lean, but something to look forward to. We had a lot of offensive linemen, Dane Shore, Jake Taylor, Cam Williams, Cole Hudson, all guys that could come to OU. Um, we could see a lot of commitments here in the next month, I'm guessing. Um, and then just, you know, a couple of just interesting things. Chance Biddle was supposed to show up, the D-back from Texas, and he is really good friends with Jordan Hudson, who is the recent decommitment from OU, strong lean. I don't know if he's committed yet to SMU, but he pretty much has. 
um, because he is really close friends with the person on their coaching staff. And it looks like he completely sold him on going on SMU and Chance Biddle, a really good D back um, might also go to SMU too. Went to SMU instead of champion barbecue that weekend, even though he comes out and publicly says that OU is in my top group. So very, very confusing here. What is going on with SMU? <laughs> I don't know. SMU out here back to their old tricks. Maybe, you know, do they have a bunch of gold transams they've hidden under like, under Gerald Ford Field, they're just ready to unleash? I don't know. Yeah, and I, here's the thing. SNU, you know, they're not like an absolute joke. I, I think they, you know, remember Preston Stone was a quarterback commit. I, I think it was a year or two ago. That's their, you know, high-end four-star, near, near five-star kind of guy. Obviously, you know, it can sell them really hard. Of like, hey, come play with me, and we're going to have some youth and move up, and we can have a high-powered offense to get your name. You know, you go to OU you're already in a class with, you know, a five-star in Luther Burden, who is visiting this weekend um, wide receiver and Taylor Shetron from Edmund Santa Fe. You know, you can get overshadowed really quick. And their, their wide receivers classes the past couple of years, you know, they've got a lot there too. Um, so it's easy, you know, if you don't believe in yourself that you are this number one guy and you can just completely dominate at OU, it's very easy for a really good athlete to just get hidden and then, make a transfer we we saw that you know like Jalen Robinson transferring out of OU barely played maybe like a couple snaps and now he's getting like talks of like one of the better wide receivers in the country at Central Florida this offseason yeah I mean that's that's the thing is sometimes it's just not a great fit sometimes it takes a while for you to find your footing but it's it's interesting because uh in this in, in the situation where you have so many good wide receivers yeah, if you're a five-star, you're worried about having other five-stars. But also, take a look at, like, a, a Marvin Mims, who, you know, we spend all this time talking about, you know, uh, Hazelwood and and Weiss and, uh, you know, Bridges. But he, you know, of course, other situations happen. But, you know, he comes out and is the best receiver last year. So I, I there is a way to fight through. It's not everyone's path. And I think it just kind of de- depends on who you are. Um and it, and it depends on just what happens. Um, so I, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting, you know, the, the thought of iron sharpens iron versus, am I going to get lost in here? It, it really, you really don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess just, just rounding out on this 2022 class, Derek Moore defensive lineman was there. He's a high end four star guy. Got a lot of crystal balls to OU. I'm not sure who this other outstanding eyeball is, but, you know, he's a strong consideration for a a near commit. Um, Very good defensive lineman. We're hoping we can round out a couple more of really high-end defensive linemen. Uh, One of the best D tackles, DNs in the country is um, Gabriel Brownlow-Dendy out of Florida, and he is an OU um, uh, legacy. His parents were big OU fans. The big problem there is – He's a very, very big time religious person. And it looks like his dad just got a job in the college station area. What do you know? So this could be a little bit of an A&M-O-U um, back and forth here. Big Omari Aber is a Duncanville guy. We've been close with him for a while. Um, but, you know, he's going to get a lot of SEC talk to. But, you know, getting Derek Moore's huge. Getting just, you know, at least one very high end defensive lineman is big for us moving forward. And then just hopping through, you know, we had a lot of our commits still there. Um, you know, Jaden Rowe, recent um, D-back commit from the Tulsa area. He's like six foot three, ripped, just straight athlete, not really highly um, rated, but just 
He's a physical specimen, which OU loves to take. And um, guys like, you know, Jason Llewellyn from uh, a tight end from Texas, Demetrius Pancake Hunter, Taylor Shetron, all there. Um, before we, you know, before we move on, I think that the biggest thing to talk about and a really good talking point me and you can have right now, Bobby, about this barbecue is the 2023 class. And if you've seen anything about the barbecue, the biggest visitor even with all of our big time 2022 guys is the number four overall player in the country, arguably the best quarterback in 2023, you know, Arch Manning is above him, but just because he has the Manning name is probably why he's so highly regarded, even though he's very good, you know, is Malachi Nelson. Have you heard much about Malachi? Yes, I have. Uh, He is the next in the cycle, as I understand, um, to the heir apparent to our heir apparent of uh, Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of tape, Granted, but uh, the guy looks like from what I, from what I what little I have seen, he looks like the real deal for sure. Another, uh, so I, I would love to hear more, Jameson. Educate me. Yeah, so I don't know if he's a Caleb Williams esque recruiter, but the what he's got already kind of forming in relationships with wide receivers around him could be absolutely deadly. Probably the four of the top like six, maybe just an estimate there. Wide receivers in the nation are OU leans right now, which is nuts because of they want to go play with the best quarterback in the state. So what his best friend who they it's claims is a package deal. I hear package deals all the time in recruiting and half the time they work, but Makai lemon. And he is, he was at the barbecue loved OU Malachi Nelson is going to be announcing here in about three weeks. You know, will Makai lemon come after, you know, that's another five-star wide receiver, Brandon Ennis, the best wide receiver in the country, this stellar route running, just, just, his tape just, he just gets the ball in his hands, even though he's not that fast. He just, he's like a Keenan Allen type, you know, he just gets the ball and he goes, he's thinking about OU and he sent some cryptic tweets recently about like, Oh, things have changed. And, and Lincoln Riley just posted, um, we're recording this as of Thursday night, like saying that, Oh, you had a really good day today and there's no eyeballs, but that was right after he liked a Brandon in his tweet. So this might be a 2023 blow up. You know, got another wide receiver that was uh, not at the um, at the uh, barbecue, but he's the number two wide receiver in the country. Jalen Hale out of Texas is an OU lean. You know, that's three wide receivers right there. And then we got one more, Trayon Webb, also OU lean, who's an athlete, just really good player as well. Four wide receivers, four of the best wide receivers in the country. Malachi Nelson's already kind of getting his crew together. Like this 2023 class could be kind of scary. Yeah, my favorite already is Malachi Lemon, just because I love the name. Uh, if I said that wrong, please let it's me Mackay, know. Mackay, Mackay, Mackay Lennon. Yes. Thank you. I mixed Malachi Mackay too close together, but I'm just saying Mackay Lemon. That is a great name. I I want I want that guy. Just imagine the OUPA announcer, you know, saying Mackay Lemon right after a big play. It'd be electric. Make you pucker up. Yeah, right. for sure. And so his two four seven. Um, evaluation his comparison is to robert woods you know so that is if you get in a guy like robert woods with that skill set into an ou that's people that's like that's the type kind of guy you want like a guy can go out and get possession wide receiver and get a lot of catches in a little time and also be a deep threat that is he's that's the all-around wide receiver you know he's not your six foot four crazy you know julio jones but it's just another guy who gets the ball and gets the ball in the end zone. So, yes, if we can get Malachi and Makai together, that'd be crazy. 
But Malachi should be the head of OU 2023 here in about three weeks. Well, I mean, he would be the perfect guy to lead this team for sure, it sounds like. Um, and, you know, Lincoln, he gets his man. He And even when he doesn't get his man, he ends up getting the better man, as we saw with uh, Caleb Williams and uh, Brock Vandergriff. Ugh. Yeah, that was that was a blessing in disguise. Just think about this recruiting class that was happening in 2021. You know, how much we got bailed out. We we missed. We whiffed on a lot of things at the end, and it really hurt. But if we wouldn't have had Caleb Williams, you know, reeling in a lot of those big-time recruits that we wouldn't have gotten, it, like a Kelvin Gilliam, you know, defensive lineman out of, you know, Virginia, like this class could have been really, really ugly without him. Yeah, and I mean – it's crazy how that works because we were bummed out, but it was still a good, a, a really good class. It just could have been an insanely good um, class, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm good. This is better than what we what we had been having uh, before Lincoln Riley came to town. We're progressing, and you know, yeah, we're not Alabama yet, but you know what? We're we're getting pretty damn good to that you know kind of top four level recruit uh, recruiting classes. I, I believe we're uh, fifth on. One of the aggregates, it's still very early. We don't want to pull a Tennessee and stunt on anyone, but uh, things are good. Yeah, for sure. So overall, Campio Barbecue, Champion Barbecue was really good success. A little nervous that you bring in like close to 50 kids that are all high end, deserve all of the attention. Like, could you kind of, you know, work where you give these guys and feel like that they're actually being looked at. Cause you know, there are some recruits that we've been in on for a while who elected not to come and are coming in this weekend, like Luther burden that we have right now. Um, you know, it, that is kind of concerning, but overall it looks like we, you know, knocked it out of the park. And if they're eating Wagyu and taking pictures next to Bentley's and Rolls Royce's, I mean, I don't think, and sitting next to the highest paid offensive linemen and Heisman quarterback winners and the, one of the best running backs of all time. I don't see anything that they can say had. I'm just proud of Billy Sims for not doing anything weird. Oh man, we, we should have just had it. We should have, Oh, Billy Sims came through. Look at him. I'm going to bring out my barbecue. Y'all don't need this Wagyu steak. Billy was probably slightly offended they didn't use his barbecue, but but uh, you know he, he did good. I, I'm, pr- I'm proud of uh, OU's favorite uncle. You know, just coming in doing a doing a good job. So yeah, um, sure. that's pretty absolutely. much it with that. Unless you have anything else you want to say, that's you know pretty much it with the champion barbecue. There's a lot more that we could just talk and talk and talk, but we need to kind of see how things unfold. We still got one more eyeball. I would not be surprised if we see a lot more commits in the next month. Yeah, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg right now. Uh, events like these, you know, they happen and you see the effects of them for months and months in, ad- in advance. And uh, I'm looking forward to breaking them down as they come in. But Jameson, uh, it was really good catching up with you. And thanks for all the info on uh, Champ U. Yeah, for sure. Uh, keep keep on tune with all of Lincoln Riley's tweets and hopefully we see some more. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll be back at some pre some det- some to be determined time. We don't know. Uh, you never know with the, with the schooner pod. We, we like to keep you on your toes. So um, if something big comes up, we'll pop up and talk about it. But until then, you know, Hey, just keep having a good off season and uh, boomer sooner. Boomer sooner.